Our text this morning is from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And I invite you to follow along on the screens as I read that this morning. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In his book, The Jesus Creed, author Scott McKnight shares the moving story of Margaret Alt. When Margaret was just about to complete her PhD work at Duke, something unexpected but quite welcomed happened. She fell in love. She went on a date with a Korean-American immigrant named Young Kim, and the sparks flew right away. But almost as quickly as the sparks became a fire, they were under the threat of being extinguished. Hyungu informed Margaret early on that he had a terminal illness. Margaret was devastated. In her own words in her book, Sing Me to Heaven, she writes, I just met someone I liked, and we were definitely not going to live happily ever after. I felt like I'd been kicked in the gut by the biggest boot in the world. Still, she and Young were married. And in his book, McKnight asked the questions many of us would ask, including why would anyone invite to the core of their being such pain? And the answer unfolds in the rest of Margaret and Young story. When Margaret was in graduate school at Duke, she and Young loved to walk through the Duke gardens. And so knowledgeable they became of the flowers there that they supervised new projects, walking through each part of the garden continually. And in their last spring together in 1995, the garden seemed especially beautiful to them. Hyungu died that fall, and Margaret returned to the gardens in the spring, where a memorial garden of roses was being constructed in his honor. And in her book, Margaret reflects on visiting the garden in the spring, writing this. Where peonies were promised, there were only the dead stumps of last year's stalks. And where day lilies were promised, there were unprepossessing tufts of foliage. And where hostas were promised, there was nothing at all. And yet I know what lushness lay below the surface. Those beds that were so brown and empty and to the unknowing eye so unpromising would be full to bursting in a few matter of months. Is the whole world like this? Is this what it might be like to live in expectation, real expectation of the resurrection? Was not Hyungu's and my life together like this? Empty and sere and yet a seedbed of fullness and life for the both of us. The journey of grief often leads us through gardens where peonies and daylilies and hostas were promised, yet there is nothing at all, or at most lifeless remnants of what once was. Those who deeply love Doyle and ache for his presence, and those among us who have lost someone we love, know these gardens all too well. We've walked these gardens. And yet... As followers of Jesus, we know these garden beds, so brown and empty and to the unknowing eye so unpromising, are the very places where hope and life spring forth, both now and eternally. 
On January 24th, the Sunday after Doyle's death, I shared this Diedrich Bonhoeffer quote. There is nothing that can replace the absence of someone dear to us, and one should not even attempt to do so. One must simply hold out and endure it. And at first that sounds very, very hard, but at the same time it is also a great comfort. For to the extent the emptiness truly remains unfilled, one remains connected to the other person through it. It is wrong to say that God fills the emptiness. God in no way fills it, but much more leaves it precisely unfilled and thus helps us preserve, even in our pain, the authentic relationship. Furthermore, the more beautiful and fuller the remembrances, the more difficult the separation. But gratitude transforms the torment of memory into silent joy. One bears what was lovely in the past, not as a thorn, but as a precious gift deep within, a hidden treasure of which one can always be certain. These past six months have confirmed that Bonhoeffer was indeed familiar with the Garden of Grief. And from his time and experience there, Bonhoeffer learned that grieving with gratitude slowly transforms the Garden of Grief into one of life and joy. When we cannot see the peonies, the daylilies, nor the hostas, it is the holy and hard moment there that we can help each other to remember this garden is a seedbed of fullness and life because of Jesus. And the practice of gratitude is the Spirit's invitation to get our hands in the dirt and join God in the redeeming work. And today's scripture is part of a letter that, Peter, or that Paul wrote to the Christian community in the town of Colossae. And the believers were struggling with some outside influences and were subtly drifting in their understanding of the importance and centrality of Christ to their lives and to their faith. And out of great concern for them, Paul encourages them to remember. When life around you is painful or uncertain, when you feel lost, confused, or stuck in the never-ending garden of grief, remember. Remember who you are and whose you are and live faithfully out of that remembering. Remember, Paul writes in verse 7, that you are rooted in Christ and built up in him. Remember, you are established in the faith. Remember what you have been taught. And when you remember, overflow with thankfulness. Remembering with gratitude is what we do when we gather for worship here, like today. We remember each time we gather at Christ's table and share in the Lord's Supper. We remember when we pray aloud the family prayer that Jesus taught us. We remember when a new sibling enters the baptismal waters. We remember each advent as we anticipate together the arrival of the Christ child. And we remember each Lent as we walk with Christ to the cross and declare on Easter morning that Jesus is alive and has forever turned graves into gardens. We remember in part because Doyle faithfully taught us these things the past 24 years. And in our remembering and in our grief, we give thanks. We give thanks for our pastor, and we give thanks to our God, who in kindness and sovereignty brought Doyle and Janet to us. 
As the Sager family shared in the letter today to us, Dwell's beloved congregation, keep telling the stories that need to be shared about Doyle, about the love he embodied, the God he served, the Jesus he loved, the Jesus we love. Each story shared is a daylily that finds its way up through the soil, wet with tears, to bring beauty and joy to our world. And oh, how our world desperately needs beauty and joy. And so friends, let us remember with gratitude even while we grieve. And may we commit to keeping our hands in the dirt, kneeling side by side together with grateful hearts as we join God in God's redeeming work in the gardens of our heart and the gardens of our world. And may we continue to be the faith family that Doyle prayed and taught us to be as we live our lives in Christ, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as we have been taught, a people overflowing with thankfulness. I want to invite us to remember and give thanks for Doyle and to share this bouquet of memories with the Sager family too, so they might be blessed by the goodness of Doyle that endures. For those of you that are in person, you'll find cards at the end of each row, and I would invite you now to take one and pass those down. And during our next song, we will remain seated, and we invite you to take a card and write down a very special memory or reflection about Doyle that you would like to share with the family. If you don't finish during the song, don't worry. There'll be time afterwards, or you can remain in the sanctuary. There is no rush. And after the service ends, there are a couple of places that you can share these memories. There is a bowl up here at the front, and there's a bowl in the lobby, the Welcome Center at the Welcome Desk. For those of you that are joining us online or those that are present who prefer an online option, we are here to please. You can text DOYLE to 313131, and it'll take you to a form where you can share your remembrance that we can pass along to the family. And of course, you can always do snail mail, mail it to the church, and we'll pass it along to them. Pray with me. God of hope and joy, today we raise our hymn of grateful praise for the gift of Doyle Sager. We thank you for your kindness in calling him to be our pastor, our shepherd, our friend. And we thank you for his legacy of love and faithfulness. We pray that these memories that we share will fill our hearts with gratitude and will fill the hearts of Doyle's beloved family with continued joy. Amen. <laughs>